Welcome to Customer Service Academy Radio with author and customer experience expert, Tony Johnson. Tony will share his vision for successful customer service, leadership, and business excellence, and speak to some of the most impactful leaders in business today. And now, here's Tony Johnson. Hello, everybody. Customer Service Academy is on the air. I'm Tony Johnson, your customer experience leader. As always, we are brought to you this week by IgniteYourService.com Training and Consulting. And as always, I am still offering 45-minute growth coaching sessions. We can talk about service. We can talk about connecting your brand to your vision to your daily behaviors. We can talk about sales growth. But most importantly, we can talk about how your company can win and thrive in this very challenging economy. But all that said, I have a fantastic guest in the studio today. Charity Bradley is joining us. And and here's a mouthful for you, folks. Charity has been a marketing leader for the past 18 years. And I've actually had the privilege of working with Charity in a couple of past lives. She is, is incredibly well known for her customer focus, but also for working with some really big brands. Starbucks, Sodexo, Arby's, Chick-fil-A. If you are a car person, she has a history with BMW and Honda and even small family-owned businesses. And the reason I love Charity as a guest today is because, as you know, folks, I love executives. I heart executives. I think they do a fantastic job with visionary leadership. But I do enjoy talking to folks who are still getting it done in the moment, which most of you out there who are listening to the sound of our voices right now, it's what you need. You need these tactics, these behaviors that can translate into bigger success and bigger strategy. The other cool part is that Charity has spent some time in digital. And I love this idea of this increasingly digital world connecting people to digital products and in-person. In fact, Charity calls it the whole customer experience. And I love that. Charity, welcome to the program today. Thanks for having me, Tony. I'm honored to be your guest. Anything that I missed that you want the audience to know, you know, during your intro, I loved, you know, the fact that you shared so much about yourself there. Anything I missed or you wanted to share with the audience? I, I, think, I think I have a unique viewpoint um, with most of my career as a marketer, but also uh, dipping my toe in the sales side. I uh, spent some time in operations, and I feel like that made me a better marketer to, you know, have employees that, you're worried about their calling out or, you know, are you going to have enough staff, enough inventory, things like that. So I've, I've been on, on both sides of the equation and I'm, I'm excited to uh, share today. And I think that's great. And anyone who's listened to this podcast before knows I, I love it when we can operationalize things. I think theory is great, but those who have done, who have done it under pressure and still had to do the right things when four people called out, that is intense, amazing leadership. So I appreciate you sharing that. So what does great customer service mean to you? And I love the fact that you've got the marketing and digital hat on as well. So you bring such a great perspective we haven't had on the show before, um, especially with your marketing background and your operations. So tell me a little bit about what good service means to you. Well, and I think about this in terms of being a customer and in terms of what I expect of employees and of myself. You know, I, I, I think it goes down to four things. It's really, it's hospitality, it's value, it's interactions, and it's service recovery. So for hospitality, you know, in Kentucky, we, we talk about Southern hospitality. How would you treat somebody when they come to your home? I feel like in businesses, you have to do that. You have to treat people like you would uh, if they were coming to your house. You're making sure they've got something to, to drink. They know where the bathroom is. You know, they everything that you can do for them that you've done in advance of their visit, you're doing that. So if you've got a storefront, if you've got a website, 
um, you know, whatever your platform is, if you're a service, you have to do everything you can to, to give the customer, uh, to set the customer up for success and really create a culture for value, really creating a culture of excellence. It's a lot about merchandising, creating full shelves and uh, making sure that the customer has the products to choose from that they'd want. You know, you're not out of stock, you know, when they come through the drive through at Wendy's, you, you have, you actually have the beef, you know, um, you know, it makes sure that the bathroom's clean. Everything about a business, it impacts somebody's service experience. And then really their interactions. Do you have people that are connecting with those people? You know, think about the, any, anytime you've been in a, a, a like I think about when I have went in a new church, you know, did you feel welcome? You know, did people interact with you? Did they notice that you were new? Um, you know, also in uh, college campuses, you know, you've got those sweet, you know, we had some sweet ladies that worked at the cash registers and they're always asking those students, how was your test? You know, did, you know, are you still with that boyfriend? You know, they're in, they're interacting with customers and getting to know them. They may just remember them by their drink order, but those interactions are a big part of service. And then really, what if you screw up? You know, the last piece for me is service recovery. What do you do if, um, you know, how do your employees interact with customers if something goes wrong? Do they know how to fix it? Um, do people have a good experience when they go online uh, to fill out a complaint? You know, all those pieces to me are, are part of that whole, uh, the whole customer excellence, the whole service model. I think that's fantastic. And I love the fact that you didn't neglect service recovery because so often it's an opportunity not just to make it right, but to actually build some pretty insane loyalty if team members have been empowered to create those magical service recovery moments when things go sideways. Because it's not a question of if, you know, it's a question of when. If something is, we're human beings. If you're in the, in the people business, something's going to go wrong sometime. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, how I, I think about, you know, I had a, I had an experience in a Cracker Barrel in Alabama uh, on my way back from spring break in college. This is still in my brain. I still remember how it felt to move aside the fried apples and find a fly in my food and how I, you know, how I talked to that cat, to the, uh, to the server and, you know, how she interacted or the whole table's meal was paid for above and beyond, you know, the, and, you know, I, you just, you love Cracker Barrel anyway, but you know, you just, it's just that feeling that, that everybody knew how to fix it. Everybody had that same, they were all bought in. I love that. So, you know, put on your marketing hat for a second. You know, I, I talk a lot about brand because I think, you know, brand is the culmination of, of everyday behaviors and activities. But from your point of view, especially with that marketing background you've got, how does service, you know, connect or reinforce a, a brand? Well, I, I think the best example of that is Chick-fil-A. You know, you think about Chick-fil-A and they are, um, you know, they're known for their service. They're known for people, you know, going out of their way to help the customers and say, you know, my pleasure. You know, it's just a small two words, but that changes the mindset of how people view Chick-fil-A. For me, it's really about a feeling, you know, how you know, it, whether it's your brand or your storefront or your website or, you know, your chat bot on your website or your product, all that is, it's about a feeling. Are you doing everything you can to make it easy for a customer? You know, are they, 
you know, if, if they're in a restaurant, are they walking around the place searching for napkins? Are they having to flag somebody down and ask them to clean the bathroom? I mean, are they having to, let's say they buy a new BMW and they get home and they have no idea how to, um, how to pair their car to their garage door. Well, that's crazy. You know, at BMW, they have somebody called a genius. The BMW genius is an employee on staff and that person's job is to make it easy for the customer before they walk out the door, you know, make sure that they feel good about their purchase. You know, you think about so many people have buyer's remorse when they, you know, the Amazon box arrives at your door and you're like, oh no, what did I buy? Or, you know, what's this going to be? Or, uh, you know, or, you know, you, you, but you make that big purchase and you drive, you know, you're driving around town and you're seeing somebody in a different car and you're thinking, should I have bought this other car? It's a big purchase. So that, I think that's a, a nice thing that they do. They invest in their, their, you know, that, that person's job is just to, to make you feel like you had good service and make you feel something about their brand. So there's good examples out there in the field, you know, for people that are doing it right and making that connection. I think that's great because, you know, some of these brands, and, and I know it's hard to, to quibble that BMW doesn't have an amazing product, right? But, but some of the brands you mentioned, Chick-fil-A, for example, I mean, I, I love their chicken sandwich. I don't know if it's the best chicken sandwich I ever had, but you know what? The service makes it someplace you want to go and the consistency. And, and that ties back into, you can't talk about Chick-fil-A without somebody saying, oh my gosh, their service is amazing. And they almost say that before they talk about the chicken, which I think is kind of cool. Yep. Now, if I could change something about Chick-fil-A, I would put their fountain machines in the dining room. I think that's something they could totally do to make it easier for the customer. Sure. But we know it controls costs. So, you know, it's a small price to pay to have to go and ask for your refill. But there's so much about businesses that you can do uh, to really make it easy for your customers. So when we think about, about leadership, because I think the brands that you have mentioned have some pretty tremendous leadership out there. So in your mind, especially since you have the ops background as well, what makes a great leader? I can tell you what makes a bad leader. Let's start with great leader. Okay. <laughs> Let's start with the no. positive and then you can yes. move into what makes a lousy leader. Yes. Yes. A great leader. So I think a great leader is somebody who genuinely cares about their employees well-being. You know, they notice that the employee comes in in a bad mood and they can, you know, they can talk to them and see that, you know, look for patterns and things like that. Somebody that sets clear expectations and a clear vision. You know, we had a, a Gallup survey years ago in one of my former companies and found that, you know, one of the things that impacted how people felt about a company was that they didn't know what was expected of them. I feel like you have to know what's expected of you and that's your job as a leader and really lead by example. You know, um, like if, if, if all the employees in a kitchen are required to wear a cutting glove and the chef doesn't have one on, you know, That's we've a been there. Example, doesn't it? We've been there, Tony. We know that we've had, <laughs> That's to, right. you know, we've had to have some of those conversations. And I think it's gotta be somebody who, you know, leadership is showing integrity. You gotta know that that person that's your boss um, is somebody that's going to do right by the company and the employees. They take responsibility and they're transparent. You know, a lot of people want to know why they want to know what's, uh, you know, why they're doing it. I feel like you, anytime you can get your employees to, to buy in, that's a great leader. You know, and I think setting those examples is so very important. You know, I'm a big fan, as you know, of the Walt Disney Company. And mm -hmm. a lot of times when they're on a survey push, and in fact, even when they're not, you know, you can walk into most of their back areas, their, their cast areas, and they'll have their voice of the customer scores 
um, and they grade hard, right? They're a five-point scale, so anything below a five on their VOC is something they basically discount. So five is awesome, and anything four or below is a dissatisfied guest to them, and so that's pretty heady stuff. And so they're always watching the percentage of people who are giving them that top box score because that's obviously that net promoter score and that, that possibility of recommendation, the return sales. And they're very honest and candid with where they are, where they want to be, and what they're going to do to get there. And that gets everybody involved as, as opposed to it just being a leader function. Everybody's talking about how you can fix safety results or how you can, you know, it's why organizations are famous for putting up number of days without an accident manufacturing. And, you know, my dad spent, you know, three decades working for General Electric and that was how they kept safety in check was by posting those results and engaging their teams every day. So I think you're right. You know, just being transparent with information is so great. Now you said you were going to share something about what makes up a terrible leader. Could you share your number one thing that you think makes a, makes a bad leader or, or at least a leader with some opportunity as we might say? I think not communicating fast enough is the biggest issue that you could have as a leader. You know, if you, if you see an opportunity with an employee to, to give them feedback and you wait until their annual review, it, right. it's not going to make, it's not going to make a difference to them. Even if you wait a month and you say, Hey, remember when you did this, it's just like being a parent, you know, you can't, you know, you can't chastise your kid for doing something. If, uh, you know, if you don't fix it in the moment, they don't know it's wrong. So as a leader, you just have to, you have to give people, um, you have to give people feedback. Yeah. You know, and I, I had a boss one time and he told me that my annual performance appraisal would be five minutes. And I said, wow. He's like, no, we're going to talk every week. He's like, and I'm going to give you feedback. We're going to talk about your dreams, your hopes, your aspirations. And, and they're and they may have gotten moved around, but pretty much 95% of the time we had our weekly conversation. And I will tell you, my performance appraisal literally only took three minutes. I got my final, you know, evaluation. I got my raise and I, and I got kind of what we're going to talk about for the future in terms of, of next steps. And this is, you know, when I was working with a pretty large company, but I found that that was a really cool thing because there were no surprises. I knew because I had my performance evaluation pretty much every week. And so literally all he had to do was, was get my signature because there were no surprises when that time rolled around. Oh, that's awesome. So how about, you know, when we think about leadership, I just shared a boss that had a huge impact on me. How about you? Who had a huge impact on your leadership style? Uh, my very first boss as an adult. It, my very first, uh, my, my first job out of college, um, I was director of marketing for a company that owned uh, Arby's, Popeye's, and Hardee's friend, okay. franchise. And the owner of this company had been doing the marketing himself. Uh, before I got there and he was just so excited to have me straight out of college like two weeks later there I was um, on the job and this man he led by example he led with respect he got to know his employees he held them accountable but he always celebrated the employees you know we had these big uh, you know we had these big Christmas parties with our spouses and we had these big events with people's kids and he's just it, it was about the family it was about um, it was about the whole, he knew that every person in your family impacted how you felt when you came to work. Um, and, and he, I remember, I'll never forget sitting in his office and we were talking about, I was going to get, I was getting married and he asked, where are you going on your honeymoon? And I said, oh, we, you know, we don't have any money. We're probably just maybe, you know, go out to eat or drive down to Gatlinburg or something like that. And he said, everybody should go on a cruise let me, let me send you, here's my credit card, just book it, the flight and everything, you need to do an excursion, just 
just you have to do a cruise you have to experience it and that just wow you know it was it was insane it was just an insane thing to do who does that he could have got me a microwave or (laughs) you know you know anything but he sent us on our honeymoon it was the neatest thing um I remember he really shaped how I look at, at marketing. He said, he said that marketing is always the very uh, first one to get the blame and the last one to get the credit. And, and I've, you know, it's, it's a cynical thing, but it was, it just, you know, a lot of operators are really excited about their business and they're always going to think about, um, you know, what their employees have done or the weather or things like that. So you just, you have to know you can't be in marketing for credit. You have to know it's all about the business. You're there to help the operators and, and help the business grow. And and he and he really and he said the other thing that really sticks with me is if, if you want someone to do something, make it the easiest thing they can ever do. So that's really how I've shaped my philosophy. How I sh- I've shaped you know marketing and and advertising and sales. I, I'm always striving to make it easy for customers. And I think that's great because let's face it, people are lazy. I'm lazy. I am incredibly lazy and we all have demands on our time. We are going to take the path of least resistance. If you make it easy to do business with you, chances are people are going to want to do business with you. You know, if all of the things are equal around price and quality and value and those kind of things, people are going to go the way that's easiest. So I think that's tremendous advice. And it sort of parlays us into, into, our, into our next conversation piece, which is when you think about communicating with customers and consumers or, or guests, you know, it, it can be around social media or email or face-to-face, but how can businesses effectively reach their customers? It seems like there's so much noise out there right now. Any tips for the, for the gang listening out there? Oh, absolutely. I think the very best thing you can do is communicate quickly. You know, that, you know, people, let's say that somebody sends you a tweet, how fast could you answer them back? You know, uh-huh. um, you know, or, you know, they send you an email and you don't wait two days to respond, you know, till you got all your ducks in a row. You could at least say, hey, I'm looking into this. Right. You know, or or you, you answer the phone when they call. You know, these things make a difference. And I, also, I would say communicate where the customers want to be communicated with. Just because you don't like text messages or you don't like to talk on the phone or you know, you think it's better to send a formal email, that may not be how your customers want to communicate. They may want a direct message in Facebook or something like that. So look for the ways that they want to be communicated with and and how you can, what's convenient for them. And I would say really also don't, don't respond with corporate speak. You know, right? Yes, be authentic, you know, have, you know, have a, a customer voice. You think about, I mean, if you've ever been on Twitter and you've seen Wendy's Twitter account. It's fantastic. It is, and you don't have to be snarky. Like, they're kind of snarky, but, you know, you just, you know, find your voice, be authentic, be real, and say, you know, I'm so sorry that happened, or whatever it is, you know. Um, and then also, I'd say, look for what they didn't say. So if somebody says, you know, that something went wrong or they ask you for something, you know, look at what's behind it. Is there something else you can learn from what they're, they're asking you? Like, Tony, I'm thinking you told, you and I were talking about years ago, what, what time is the three o'clock parade? Is that what it is? <laughs> right. You know, that people will ask employees what time is the three o'clock parade. They don't want to know that it's three o'clock. They want to know where's the best place to watch it from or where can they get some shade while they watch it or, you know, make sure you don't miss this. 
I think also don't argue with your customers and don't shame them. You know, I've, <laughs> I've worked for companies where they, you know, when you go to respond in on Yelp or wherever it is, you're saying, you know, you're telling the customer why they're wrong. That's not, that's not cool. Don't do that. You know, <laughs> um, and really empower everybody to be able to communicate with the customer and know the right way. You know, if only the managers know the answers to A, B, and C, and you don't share it with the frontline employee, how are they ever going to fulfill your vision and give people a good experience? I think that's great. And, and, and folks, the three o'clock parade example is, is a great example. Although Disney has indeed put a pause in their parades for right now. They, I know they'll be back, but you know, when, it, when a guest would ask a cast member, you know, at Walt Disney World, when the, when the parades were at three o'clock every day, what time was the three o'clock parade to Charity's Point? Often they were asking what time the parade was going to go by where they were standing. Because the parade would start at three o'clock in the back of the park, but not get to the front of the park till, you know, 15, 20 after the hour. And so they wanted to know what time, you know, if you were standing by the castle, you know, is it three ten-ish or so, just so they knew if they had time to go grab that last snack or or whatever that was, or where a great place to get a picture was. So I think it's a great example, not just because you quoted me, although I appreciate that as well. So, you know, before we move into lightning round, you know, just want to want to throw out there that we are folks in the middle of the great service comeback. You know, we are in the middle of this amazing opportunity. I know it has been tough. I know everyone is back on their heels. I know everyone is tired of hearing the phrase new normal, but let's face it. We have accelerated our business model in a way that we really will bring a compelling opportunity for growth. So please visit my website at igniteyourservice.com slash growth. I'm still offering those 45 minute coaching sessions. You can also go to my book on amazon.com. It's called Together We Serve or Recipe for Service, either one. Search them on Amazon. They're available on paperback, ebook, and audiobook. A lot of these principles we're talking about, I actually bring to life with, with concrete tactics you can use to start driving results, not next month, not next year, but right now, today, and tomorrow. So please check those things out. All right, Charity, it is time now for you know the moment we've all been waiting for. It's time for the lightning round. So tell me, what is your favorite industry journal or website when you're looking for great information? I really like Flipboard. Uh, it's, I have it as an app on my phone and I, and I look at it online as well. It has a lot of great information. You can set it to show you things that you're interested in, whether it be customer service or food marketing or advertising, whatever it is. And then I also like eMarketer. Um, it has a lot of great statistics. I'm analytical by nature, so I love to look at what the numbers are and see you know, where people are spending their time. That way I can figure out how to get the most out of people's money. I think that's great. How about your first job? I think you might have alluded a little bit about it earlier, but anything else you want to share about that first job of yours? Well, I, that was my first job as, uh, that was my first like adult job, but my first, uh, my first job actually as a college student was an intern in the PR office of the college where I worked. I actually, I'd, I'd look it through the paper for articles about the college and cut them out and put them in a little book for the president. It was <laughs> and they had the neatest paper folding machine for sending out press releases. It was, you know, back when things were paper and you put them in envelopes. <laughs> uh, you're starting to show our age, Charity. You got to knock that off, okay? I know. So. <laughs> How about your favorite food? I love fried chicken. It, like, like really good fried chicken, not, uh, you know, not just something I'd make at my house, but like there's a restaurant called Carson's and they put pork fat on it and these big, sinful mashed potatoes and, and hair covert. It's just so good. I love a good fried chicken. 
Nashville hot chicken is one of my current favorite obsessions. So I, I do love Nashville hot chicken in, in a huge way. Uh, and also, you know, we've been talking about chicken quite a bit here. Maybe, maybe Chick-fil-A is in my future. But, you know, I, I will tell you, they might have a, a little opportunity here or there with consistency or service. But Popeye's may have one of the best fried chicken sandwiches. It's, it's gone viral in a really social way. Everybody loves to talk about this fried chicken sandwich from Popeye's. So I'm with you on the fried chicken bandwagon. I haven't had that fried chicken from Popeye's. I've got to get, or the sandwich. I've got to get You have that. to. It is borderline life-changing. It is a great chicken sandwich. I'm not going to lie. Uh, how about your favorite vacation spot? I like a cruise. I, I, I like activities and somebody else to drive. I like, you know, that you can be in the shade one minute and the pool the next or the beach in, you know, one day and, and a Broadway show at night. Um, you know, it's just some, all these people cooking great food and the customer service is just impeccable. I mean, if you want a great service, you go on a cruise for sure. You know, it, a bonus question we, we haven't talked about, but what, what is going to happen to the cruise industry? Is there anything that you think they need to be doing right now, Charity, to, to, to they've got a reputation issue right now, right? Through some and, and also not some of, you know, through their own, own faults and, and, and actions. Any thoughts around what, what it's going to take for them? I think they really have to tell what they're doing different. You know, what, 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 what are they doing to protect people? What are they doing to keep something like this from happening? Because there could be a stomach virus outbreak on a cruise ship, and it doesn't impact people going on a cruise. You know, you still see the boat fill back up the next week. So they, they can come out of this and they can come out strong, but they, they really need to communicate with customers, uh, potential customers, and put those things out there. Um, so as travel changes, that could be the safest way to take a vacation, you know, but right. you, you, if they do it right, it could totally be the safest way. Yeah, you know, and I think a lot of organizations have to take their lesson and cues from that. They have to think about talking about what they're doing differently, how they're going to keep you safe, because everyone's going to care about that. They're going to want to know. It's more than just a sign. What are you doing to keep, you know, Publix is a local grocery store chain here in, in the Southeast, and they have someone out front wiping down the carts with the sanitized buckets, and it's right in your face, and you can see it. And whether or not it's half dog and pony show, half real, it makes you feel more confident walking in. And then the other thing I think a lot of organizations have to think about is we're getting spoiled with the flexibility. You know, I'm a big traveler when, when, when conferences and stuff and I'm out speaking all the time, I'm on the road 30, 40 weeks a year. And I hate paying the $200 change fee. I hate the rigmarole and the, and all the rules. And, and a lot of that have been relaxed. You know, the cancellation fees in hotels have all been relaxed during coronavirus. I think some organizations are going to have a hard time putting that genie back in the bottle. Oh, that's a terrific point. I hadn't even thought about that angle of it. Yeah, so I think along with uh, the sanitation and cleanliness, what does flexibility look like? And then our final question, what are you currently binging or watching? A lot of folks are still working remote. A lot of folks don't travel as much or they got weekends, you know, with no place really to go or staycations. You know, what are you binging or watching for fun? Well, I've, myself, personally, I'm watching The Chef Show with John Favreau. Um, it's that's cute. I like that. Um, Gordon Ramsay Uncharted, where he's going to different different places. That's fun, you know. And then I've been try. I just finished Dead to Me on Netflix, which was pretty good. Trying to watch The Politician, which isn't nearly as good. <laughs> uh, and then as a family, we're watching Hell's Kitchen, America's Got Talent, Bob's Burgers, and oh, we just finished The Floor Is Lava. Oh, okay. The floor is lava is actually on, on my, uh, on my hit parade. 
And, and, and one I'd like to add, if you have not binged, folks, if you're a sci-fi fan and you have not been Star Trek Discovery, uh, it is really worth it. If you have CBS All Access or you can you know, get a free membership or you get it with your phone or whatever, uh, please take a look at that. It is a really, really great season and is inspiring some new Star Trek spinoffs, but it's great television, almost movie quality television on network. So I would recommend that as well. So, you know, Charity, thank you so much for being so generous with your time today. I have so appreciated our conversation. Thank you. This was great. And so, you know, folks, that's our show for this week. But please remember that, as I said before, we are in the middle of the great service comeback. It is going to take all of us working together. And if you want to thrive, you've got to get there first. You have got to make sure that you are looking at your growth strategies. And that's where I really want to help. So again, I've got 45-minute growth coaching. You can go to igniteyourservice.com growth and really pick your spot. I still have some open spots. I promise you it will be 45 minutes well spent. And we can actually work together on some actionable plans around employee engagement around driving your sales growth and also around again connecting your vision to your brand to your service so until next time i'm tony johnson your customer experience leader please keep your customers the center of everything you do because that is where the most amazing things are possible thanks for tuning in and i will talk to you next week this has been customer service academy radio with tony johnson tony is available to speak at your event meeting or workshop have a powerful customer focused day 